Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts. Luke Matthews. Back in my day, I paid 75 cents for a comic and I could still buy a can of soda for a quarter. And Bean. Thank you for plugging. Yeah. Um, that sounded incredibly dirty. And Andy Padel. Okay, that is a totally valid point. However, the most important thing that I've taken out of your past uh, two minutes of discussion is that you know what the Intrepids were. I'm going to make awkward noises. Awkward noises? Uh, <laughs> awkward noises are awkward. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Oh, God, I wish I had a video of that. <laughs> Jesus. Face rolling uh. the microphone? Yes. <laughs> okay. Welcome, everybody. This is Trade Secrets. We are at Emerald City Comic Con, and this is day one, the first recording of our sh- show so far. Uh, I am Luke, and I'm here with Andy Padel. Everything's going to hell, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and Ann Bead. Yay! Uh, we are sitting at table J04. If you're in the Seattle area and you want to come by, um, you're probably not going to hear this until after the show is over anyway, so it and probably won't matter. Weep. But Weep for your sins. But if you want to come by and, and talk to us, uh, this is where we are. Um, we have spent most of today wandering around aimlessly and uh, chaotically trying to get... Somewhat drunkenly. <laughs> trying to get some stuff done. Um, we have talked to a couple of artists. Uh, Mike Atron interviewed uh, Michael Avon Emming earlier, who, and we will post that podcast or post that interview soon. I've got an interview with Brian J.L. Glass later. Um, we're going to be talking to Matt Fraction, Kelly Sudaconic, uh, Jerry Corsetto. Duggan. What? Danielle Corsetto. Danielle Corsetto. Um, and somebody else, and I can't remember. Yeah, thanks. And so much more. <laughs> Blue Wake and um, Intrepid's... Uh, uh, Green Wake. Green Wake. <laughs> hey, Curtis Weeb. Thank you. Curtis Weeb will be talking to you on Sunday morning. Um, Blue Wake. It's Blue the- <laughs> God, I hope he doesn't listen to this before we talk to him. I- <laughs> now you know. You're interviewing him now, by the way, just so you know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as always, Emerald City Comic Con is pretty awesome. Uh, it's it fills the same well. Should, I shouldn't say fills. It it occupies some of the same space that PAX occupies. So it's it's very familiar to most of us who go to these cons on a regular basis. But um, it's, it's Friday is is nice because it's the slow, probably the slowest of the days. Sunday's the days. slowest, yeah. I think. And I don't know. Last year Friday felt really slow. Today not so, or like this year not so much. It feels like. It was. It's more crowded. I don't know. I think. I think Sunday may be the slowest, but yeah, okay. Saturday's definitely the day where the shit hits the fan. I don't know. Some of the special guests are here like Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, I, I that's have a true. feeling it may only ramp up from here. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's been interesting sitting at the table and finding people who are. Uh, uh, we can't really tell whether or not they're interested. Um, 
you get the side because, long glance of uh, I don't know what you are. You're so for the listeners at home, I just want to bring something. up uh, a couple of good points. Well, actually, just one really that matters. <laughs> Luke got more people to take flyers when he was looking away <laughs> from the audience than when he was actually looking towards them. He's sort of mean mugging anyone who comes up and like they show interest. Dude, I'm not mean mugging. That's just my face. <laughs> Come on, you're, you're horrible, horrible face. <laughs> this is why we do audio <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, face and for gentlemen. Face for radio. Luke All has right, a face for radio. Yeah, thanks. This is why we don't do a video podcast. Um, there are no photos of us that we will <laughs> post on the internet. <laughs> like, oh my god, Andy looks like a, a Muppet on crack. <laughs> um, yeah, the interview the the interview that Micatron did with Emming is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, it was nice to to have you know an, an artist interviewing an artist and yeah. being able to get it from that perspective. So, unfortunately, I haven't heard a word of it yet because I was standing next to them and couldn't hear a damn thing they were saying. But um, we'll uh, we'll figure that out later. Uh, Huzzah! Have wh- what have you actually been wandering around and doing in the time you've been away from the table? Buying shit. Yeah, yeah, um, bastard. Picked up Infinite Horizon by Jerry Duggan. Got a print by oh shit! I can't remember <laughs> what his name is right now. It's an amazing Deadpool print, and I will retroactively <laughs> fix this at some point by saying. I got a print by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but for you, the moment, you know we're not editing that in for you, oh, right? Oh, that's, yeah, no. I don't expect your mercy. Just just interrupt us at some point when you think of it. We're <laughs> like, talking about something like, completely that's different. probably what will happen. Yeah, like, you know, it's like 15 minutes from now. Like, blah! <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. And it will all make sense. Um, yeah, I've been buying a lot of shit. Yeah? It's been awesome. That's kind of what you do here, though, right? I mean... <laughs> not it, if you're me and you're broke and you go around and... And look longingly at <laughs> really beautiful top shelf books that I can't afford right now. Oh. I'm just like grabbing anything that's like not mediocre. I'm like, give me, give me, give me, yeah. give me. Uh, I haven't gotten to do any of that yet. I'm I'm hoping Sunday will be the day that I actually get to maybe wander around a little bit, but um, because we'll have more people here to be able to cover the table that actually know what's going on because as as awesome as it is like as awesome it is as it is that christina and marissa will cover the table for us they don't really know a lot about they just put talking up with the fact, just fact that we <laughs> podcast they don't like yeah you know. however people are more likely to pick up flyers when there are girls here as opposed to luke and i totally I'm true i'm a girl totally i know true. what's going on and what does your badge say on it my my catron <laughs> <laughs> You go chill for him. No, I do. I do. I go over, and then when he wanders around, I pretend to. I smile, and people assume it's my art, and it's great. I sold a pin for my Katron earlier. Nice. <laughs> Couldn't get. Oh God, I copied I his sold- artwork. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. excellent. Other great moments. Uh, <laughs> Andy Padell, Micatron's forger. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I do any show here, I somehow get roped into doing art <laughs> for. People go table to table, table and they're like, can you sketch me something? I'm like, I'm I'm terrible. You don't want this. And so (laughs) I'm like, well, I'll do the Geekerific logo. That's that's good. And I thought that Luke had done it originally, but it was actually a piece by Micatron. I I turned around and I'm like, hey, Luke did this, I asked Christina. And she's like, no, no, Micatron did it. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I like how you're like, oh, Luke drew this? Oh, fuck, I can plagiarize that all goddamn day. You have another job. You are not an artist (laughs) by trade. Micatron is an artist, and I respect that and feel like kind of a douche. Well, eh. Yeah, well. Steal with impunity. Yeah. Bes- besides, it's it's the Geekerific logo, so it's not like it's not like you were copying one of his like, you know, seminal pieces of art. Oh, you didn't see you the rest like of the <laughs> stuff that I did when I was wandering around. <laughs> oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I nailed the uh, the slime cube. 
I uh, actually oh, nice. I, I was selling prints of Micatron himself. I skinned him and <laughs> Damn, that's why he looked kinda funny. <laughs> when I went over. <laughs> uh, Mike, where's your face? <laughs> performance art. That's what Mike Micatron has gotten into performance art. What about you, Anne? What what have you been looking longingly at? Um, I I was seriously ogling the the, the top shelf table because they have such attractive things. Yeah. Um, their bindings are just beautiful, and I was talking to the dude that I can't think of his name, but he's two two doors down from Micatron. Okay. Um, Mike's also right next to Scott Campbell, who has. Are you thinking of Nathan Powell? Yes. Thank you. Good job. There you go. Any Empire. Uh, Good uh, guy. Hmm? Is that Goon guy? No, no, no. That's who's the guy that does you? That, that's also n- last name Powell. Nate yeah. Powell actually is what. <laughs> Nate Powell versus yeah. Nathan Powell. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. So I wasn't technically wrong. No. I was just. <laughs> Things are just mad. That's all. Um, yeah, and Scott C is next, right next yes, to Micatron. and he has Double Fun Action Comics, which yeah. is I believe relatively new, and I've been been ogling his stuff as well. Uh, got out and said hi to Daniel Corsetto. Um, and she has her attractive books and her attractive, plush, tiny, Scottish cactus <laughs> with a giant mustache on it from, from the comic. Like, like nice. you do. Um, wandered around and went, huh, I don't own Girl Genius. They have a really attractive display every year. Huh. It's a trap. <laughs> oh, Girl Genius trap. is fun. It's a trap. Yeah, I like Girl Genius. It's fun. It's I, I don't know if I can shell out that much money to buy it right no, now. That's but yeah. I do like it. I, I, I feel I like, like it happened before steampunk became so cool that yeah. it was just like overblown and annoying. I like sort it because of OG. Yeah, I like. I've always original liked, gothic. Um, <laughs> yes, Jesus. I actually, I've always liked Phil the the Foglio's stuff. Um, so I, I mean, I got into Foglio's stuff way early through some of the stuff that he used to do for Dragon Magazine yeah. and stuff like that. So I, and Girl Genius is 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 fun. I'm not sure I would pay lots of money for it, but it's kind of where I'm at. So, I'm hoping, hoping, maybe we'll get I'll get to walk around and actually look at what's going on at the con. I mm-hmm. went over and said went over and said hi to Ryan Otley. Um, got a very non-committal <laughs> answer about coming and talking to us on the podcast uh, because I was I was spending most of my time just breathing like, heavily, yeah. touching yourself. Yeah, like I was saying when <laughs> I came back, um, Otley's one of the only guys that I. I cannot not geek out when I walk up to his table. Like, I want to just walk up and be like, hey, man, how's it going? It's nice to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. And I end up going, <laughs> I bought stuff from you. <laughs> you know, and it's like, so I end up looking like a complete jackass, even more so than normal. Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. All right, Ann, go for it. All right, here we are, live at Emerald City Comic Con, um, with... Count Dolby von Luckner of Frederick the Great. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what Frederick the Great is, just for the unenlightened? Oh, of course. Well, I, if, if there are such people. Uh, it's, it, is a, it is a historical webcomic featuring the sort of time travel adventures of, of Frederick the Great, who was an 18th century monarch who 
applying 18th century sort of monarchical solutions to the problems of history just just makes it terrible. Just makes it inexpressibly <laughs> worse than it started out. Um, and uh, so so he travels through time. It's it's. If Doctor Who were remarkably inefficacious, that's sort of what this this comic is, is about. <laughs> what's it's like? What's the worst possible way that we, any problem can be solved? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> Frederick the Great's solutions to most problems historically was, was basically to to uh, invade the Habsburg Empire. So it really didn't matter. So he's just kind of applying that across it, the board. It, it's just sort of like, uh, it's like, oh, I'm having a bad day, or, or Voltaire was really mean to me today. I guess I'll invade the Habsburg Empire. <laughs> like you do. And, and it's, it's true. It's true. So, uh, so th- this tends to be his sort of, his sort of solution, is that he, he can be in the, a 1950s bebop jazz club and still sort of think that somehow that solution translates. So... So, what was your biggest inspiration? Ah, uh, well, um, I would have to say that just reading through history and sort of going through history as a grad student, there, there are all these little corners of, of history which are just so utterly strange um, that just do not make sense that this is sort of how, how humans worked. That basically it was it was like a psychology experiment designed by just sadists that we're going to take <laughs> we're going to take these 10 guys put them in charge of this continent for about 600 years and just see what the hell happens and and that was basically history and so just chronicling these these people and just you, you don't have to stretch it very far um what was interesting and, and was something that i i really wanted to do um yeah <laughs> so i mean and who would you say would be your target audience i guess Oh well, I mean, gentle fops, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of which there are many. Of which there are many. I mean, it's it, it's good times for that community. Uh, <laughs> True, um, dilettantes of leisure. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I know your target audience when when I've like ha- ended up having a conversation about some random corner of history, and I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> you would appreciate this webcom. It, it, exactly. No, it, it's interesting because I can usually tell sitting at the booth over there, it's just like that person's going to come and talk to us. Like that person just has this sort of air of just sort of like. You're, you're like, okay, that guy, yes. That guy, yes. The Luddite, no. No, 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 no. no. The guy dressed up as Wolverine is not going to come it's, over. It's not going to come so. over, but but the sort of. The sort of <laughs> fabulous fop over there is probably going to come on over and talk to us a little bit about sort of cuff design. So, <laughs> Like you do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Count Dolby does a fabulous service at cons, which is if you come and tell him some really absurd historical thing that you want him to draw, he will draw it and then give it to you and or mail it to you. Yeah, no, it, it's the most delightful part about going to these cons is just hearing the ideas that people have about what they desperately wanted to see happen in history but didn't. So, um, and making those things happen uh, is is delightful. So, like, how far back? How far back? Well, let's see. Today, like, the earliest figure that we've had is is uh, Athena and, and I think Aristotle is in there. Um, and, of course, they're throwing some weird kager. And then the, the most recent, I think, is up to... Uh, what was I just drawing? I was just drawing a sword fight between Elizabeth I and the 10th Doctor Who. So, 
which oh, is which man. is which is really everything that I want in life. <laughs> it's that's pretty amazing to actually. have had to have happen. No, no, oh, it's. Wow. Uh, I think that actually might be the definition of epic. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> There's also one of Taft fighting his bathtub with a sword, which is. Yes. Wait, w- was he in the bathtub? No, no. No, this was round two. Bathtub one, round one. Bathtub <laughs> took round one, and now it's time. <laughs> it's revenge. Taft. It's uh, a dark alley. The bathtub's coming out of the club, and Taft is in the shadows. And it's <laughs> you won round one bathtub. Uh, but, uh, so, so I want uh, William Henry Harrison as the <laughs> overlord of the U.S. If he would have made it longer than four oh, days, man. <laughs> this, this, I, I'm convinced that that is some time lord thing that happened. That, that, like, if William Henry Harrison had been allowed, we brought him <laughs> antibiotics. He's golden. It's, it's, oh, it's just it everything was everything would be ruined forever. It was, it was just going to be we, we, we'd be run by Quakers or something. Now <laughs> I don't know. I don't quite know how quite that gets there, but I'm sure that that's what happens. We can work it out. <laughs> nice. Uh, at Ape, you told me a delightful uh, story of which president would win in a president's royale battle, and I'm curious if you Abe still s- if I still well no still it, stick with that it was it was between and, and Jeff, who's the co-writer on the comic, uh, and I were sort of debating back and forth between Andrew Jackson and uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. It, you'd think it's it's hard to say. Like he was like, a monster. He was. I mean, the man got shot in the middle of a speech and kept and just going. Kept going. But like but boss. but Andrew Jackson was shot at and then just just tackled the guy who shot him. <laughs> like it's, between the two of them, like I I, I believe I, at the time your words were. Andrew Jackson bleeds beef jerky. That's my impression. And just looking at him, just like even if you look at him when he's like ancient, and it's just sort of the oh, thing. Yeah, so if, angry. If you if you cut that man, it's just gonna be just just pure like dried sirloin coming like out, steaks just falling out. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> this man bleeds hate. <laughs> Basically, basically, it's my impression. It's it's, but uh, Lincoln was a brawler too. I mean, back on the mean streets of, of Indiana or wherever, like the, the the local gangs would have these little wars, and he would just come in and regulate on them, and just nice. And he was like regarded as sort of like, you know, he would take <laughs> off his lawyer hat and just fight, and then put it back on, and like now, boys, <laughs> learn your lesson. I just have this amazing like. He takes off the lawyer hat, puts on the thug hat, whips <laughs> ass for about five minutes, puts then, the thug hat back, back on. on. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that he had like a carrying case, like a permanent suitcase dedicated to his ass whooping hat. <laughs> Pardon <laughs> me, I must put on my ass whooping. <laughs> Good sir, give me one moment. Give one one moment. <laughs> we're we're gonna play this by by the Marquis of Salisbury rules of <laughs> oh ass whooping. <God>. And <laughs> no. Okay, so that was. Uh, I'm trying to think here to get really geeky that was no weapons had to use your hands and no kicking is i i, I, I you, you know more target, about this i feel like it was very like fisticuffs kind of yeah just sort of like with the backwards fists and everything which i'm still not entirely sure how that works how but it, yeah it's I like, think how do you hit someone with a uh, no that the backwards i mean for for people listening like we are doing very i mean if you could see us those those gestures are really <laughs> illustrative of how <laughs> difficult it would be so <laughs> um but yeah, no, no. It's we we are having a fantastic con um, so far. La- last year we were we were near the restrooms, which was a very different sort of traffic. Huh. Uh, 
But uh, one can imagine. No, no. This year we're just sort of being across from Dan Slott and watching him just sort of be charming and wonderful. So that's that's good. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I think I feel like you should, you, if you're willing to, if this is not private information, you should mention your day job. Oh yes, no, no, no. This is this is this is well known amongst the dozen people who read the comic. Is that? Uh, yes. No. I I teach uh, in a high school, but it's it's a Buddhist boarding school. In okay. California, I did not know the Buddhist morning school part. <laughs> that that just phenomenal. leveled you up. It, it is it is crazy. So I'm sort of up. I teach uh, you know, physics and mathematics, and I'm just sort of up there, you know, like okay. So here's how you integrate this function, and just you just sort of look down in the courtyard, and there's just sort of these monks in their saffron <laughs> robes painting these, you know, thirty foot tall high statues of Guan Yu, and it's just every once in a while, like I have a strange life, but. <laughs> but a fine one. Yeah. <laughs> that's epic. But, I mean, I, I feel that that's the case for most sort of webcomicers, is that you have your webcomic that you fit in between 8 and 12. And the, it, I mean, if you don't, ha- show me a person who doesn't have a second job in webcomics, mm-hmm. and I'll show you Kate Beaton. Basically, <laughs> okay. is, yeah, that's, is, that's accurate. is pretty, much, pretty much my short list of it. But, but yeah, that's, it, it, it's, it's how it is. And uh, Jeff, the co-writer, has a, has a job as well. And... That's the wonderful part about webcomics is that it's bringing in people who do not have the sort of resources but who have stories to tell yeah. um, and, and time, uh, don't yes. have the same devotion. Well, I think to a certain extent, I mean, um, really, if there's a story that you want to tell, it offers a wonderful opportunity in order to get that to people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and people who's, you know, th- that's that's been the, the best part about running. Uh, running Frederick the Great is that yeah these are these people who are apparently thirsty uh, for for just these sort of like very highfalutin hijinks uh, and that that where else are they gonna go but the internet just just gives just, these people yeah I mean you I know. think it's beautiful that you can cater to that like passionate niche market yes. of like the people for whom this is exactly the correct thing this is it. <laughs> this is it yes yes just like. I'm a grad student, but I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> the real world sucks. The real world is, is and terrible. Therefore, Disco Abraham Lincoln. Disco Abraham Lincoln. I am tired oh. about writing about Lacan. I want to. <laughs> Disco <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? Yes. Disco. Well, that's, that's the thing is that Abe Lincoln, whenever he hears music of oppressed peoples, sort of transmogrifies into Flavorham Lincoln, who is a <laughs> sort of pimped out version of, of Abe Lincoln, who... Who this solves crime in his own way? This is the greatest thing that I've heard <laughs> it, it in is, such a long time. I, it's it's wonderful. It's it's I, I I we've been doing it about five years now, and uh, and I have it it never de- it never fails to delight me to just sort of like draw Flavorham Lincoln being like outrageously pimpish uh, <laughs> and just like <coughs> macking on Florence Nightingale, and it's it's <laughs> this is wonderful. Like, oh. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the best thing. Because I'm going to commission something from you, just to let you <laughs> know. Absolutely now. fantastic! No, no, the I've, possibilities I've, are so wide. I, I, th- I have a, I think I requested Virginia Woolf kicking someone. Yes, it was, I remember that precisely. It was Virginia Woolf kicking someone, and so <laughs> left that part up to you. Yeah, no, no. So we, I, I ended up picking on on Roy Campbell just because you know, sort of anti Bloomsbury group stuff. Plus, I've always kind of wanted to kick Roy Campbell, and now I sort of vicariously can do that. I know, you so. Can. <laughs> Like, could I get maybe like uh, I don't know Nietzsche or Descartes, like <laughs> uppercutting Ayn Rand? Oh God, yes! <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that would that would be fantastic. Uh, I I I 
<laughs> it's so true. <laughs> if, if you could bring back Nietzsche and say like, oh, here, uh, look at this. Look no. At this. No. no, 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 nine, no, no, no. Nine. Nein! Das ist das. Das ist scheiße. It is yours. In, in exchange for the many times I'm driving to work listening to trade secrets and, 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 and all the just marvelous things that you guys have introduced me to. So. Yay! Do you think there's any books that we should do on trade secrets? Oh, oh, oh man. That's, that's something to prepare for. Um... Well, we had to do surprise, pick the funniest uppercut of history. So, so it's only fair. <laughs> it's only, it's only fair. I mean, there, there are certainly web comics that are out there that I think are, are fantastic and fabulous and, and not necessarily as well known as they ought to be. But for some reason, recently, like, Image has just been feeding pure gold into my veins. And a year ago, I bought zero Image books when I go to the store. Um, and it would be like, you know... 10% Dark Horse, maybe 10% other stuff, 80% Marvel, because that's what I grew up with. Oh, man, after my own heart. Yeah, and, but now, just like, like, Image just insists on keeping making awesome things. Like, I just, I just uh, finished reading Witch Doctor, which is an enthro... It's uh, Brandon Seifert. He's over there. Um, and uh, it, it's just an sort of enthralling book. It's, it's that same sort of Doctor Who vibe to it, where you're following somebody who is just inexpressibly competent uh, in, in many areas, but it's like following Doctor Who is if he was sort of like a necromancing wizard biologist doctor. It's, it is, it is fabulous. Okay. That reminds me of uh, Voodoo Ben Franklin from Scud the Disposable Assassin. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's, yes, yes. Like, if, if I were to recommend one thing that just sort of a trade which I've enjoyed recently. Like I heavily enjoyed Witch Doctor. Witch awesome. Doctor. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put that out as my as my recommendation. So I'll pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go over. Yes. Yeah, so I, I did my random thing too. Ha ha ha. So touche. Huzzah. Well, well. I don't think mine was as good as up Nietzsche uppercutting Ayn Rand. But but yeah. There we go. It's it's fair. I I did my level best. Uh-huh, right on. <laughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. on behalf of Trade Secrets, thank you for your time. Oh, well, thank you for, for taking a moment to interview a, a poor historical webcomic writer. <laughs> the Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is... The Challenge of the Super Friends! Welcome to probably what is going to be the only legitimate episode of Trade Secrets podcast uh, at Emerald City Comic Con this year. Uh, the first one that we tried to record yesterday, we got 10 minutes of, which you've probably already heard at this point, because I'll, I'll put it before this one. You're just going to play the 10 minutes? I'm just going to play the 10 minutes, and I'm probably just going to let it chop off into music. <laughs> All right. Fade to black. Um... So, Anne and, and Andy and I are sitting here bullshitting about the con and what we've done so far. We've gotten quite a few pretty awesome interviews with still some more to come. and We've seen uh, a lot of terrible, terrible cosplay. Oh, so much. Admittedly, there are some good ones. I want to point that out. However, the terrible ones are much more fun to talk about. Yeah. The terrible ones are also much more terrible than some of the terrible ones I've seen at other shows. Like, there's some really... There's some, like... 
eye-burning terribleness at this That's place. That's a certain level of achievement, though, really. Uh, it really is, especially for, for a convention. But uh, yesterday, the best cosplay that I saw was, was, was strippers. Um, oddly enough, uh, pitching <laughs> pitching uh, a strip club by wearing Wonder Woman and other and Supergirl and other costumes, uh, and handing out flyers. That's not bad. Uh, That's I, a brilliant advertising. I, is what it is. I, I have no coherent thoughts on this subject right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought I'm like I've got a pull. Nope, nope. It's Are nope. there coherent thoughts to have about strippers? Really? It's the possibly, cosplay, but not right now. Not in this <laughs> this context. <laughs> My, so, uh, my my brain cells have been sapped completely by this. Yeah, this uh, uh, this has been sitting around and doing nothing is surprisingly tiring when you're sitting around at a convention talking, trying to talk to people and uh, and trying Dying to slowly on the inside. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Y'all um, don't even have the pressure of trying to sell stuff and make your money back for the table. Oh, no, this was a complete loss for us. It's like, eh, whatever. Eh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Um, it's it's mostly a place to sit while we're wandering around the convention. To be entirely honest, um, and we, to interview cool people, and to interview cool people. Uh, good segue, by the way. We are we have interviewed now. Uh, let's see, who did we do yesterday? We did uh, Michael, Michael Avon Emming. Uh, Micatron actually inv- uh, interviewed mm-hmm. Emming for us. Uh, today we have uh, interviewed, and we Matt interviewed F- Count Dolby yesterday. Uh, oh yeah, the, the uh, Count Dolby from from uh, Frederick, Frederick the Great. Um, we today we interviewed uh, Kelly C. DeConnick and Matt Fraction and John Lehman. Correct. Um, tomorrow we've got interviews set up with Brian J. L. Glass and Curtis J. Weeb. Uh, and J seems to be a popular middle name. Yeah, yeah. We saved the J's for Sunday. Uh, not sure why. At some point we should do a, a great Brian's of comics because there are so many. This is true. We can't get Brian Michael Bendis anymore, though, because he, he's very publicly made it known that he, he is con-retired. Ah, I can, so I can empathize with that. Maybe we can uh, waylay him in the street in Portland somewhere. I think we should interview Micatron. <laughs> hey, we could interview Micatron. Knock Brian Michael Bendis over the head and be like, so, what's your, what's your biggest inspiration for, for Jinx? hospital. <laughs> Blood trauma to your head. How do you feel about it? I will never write again. That's a legitimate... Misery 2. Legitimate (laughs) slave Leia. Look at that. Yeah, there was a good one around somewhere. Yeah. I I can't see anything. Yeah. Okay. You're missing out. Does anyone know what the all-vinyl catsuit with purple hair is? Uh, That is uh, Hit Girl, I think. Did it have a cape? No. No? Then I don't know. It might be Hit Girl, although if it is, it's really weirdly middle-aged Hit Girl. So that's what, uh, we had this that discussion. Happens. We had this discussion. Jesus fucking headphones! <laughs> God damn it! Uh, we uh, we had this discussion yesterday a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I know that we talked about it at the booth. Hit Girl is an interesting costume because there is no person that can wear it and not be not have it be awkward. Right, it's true. Right? Because if you if you're an adult and you're wearing a hit girl costume, it's just fucking weird that you're an adult wearing a, a little girl costume. Right. And if you're a little kid wearing a hit girl costume, you've just dressed your little kid up in a fucking gun-toting murderer's costume. <laughs> right? There's I, no good I, I solution. Failed, <laughs> I failed to see any problem with either of these to be totally honest. <laughs> uh. So you like seeing your women dressed up as underage 
uh, uh, girls. I'm completely that- indifferent on that. <laughs> um, I've seen I've seen some good cosplay. The cos the Street Fighter cosplay that's sitting right by us right now is not awful. Yeah, it's uh, good Akuma. Yeah, it's pretty good Akuma. Um, There's all the professional Star Wars peeps that that are the five first. And yeah, they're legit. Yeah, their their cosplay is always legit. Um, and they do pretty. They also did uh, years ago at a Norwest Con. They did um, uh, a whole GI Joe setup. Oh, so they had like a guy. Dr- a Destro and a Cobra Commander and a and a um, the fuck's her name the Baroness, Shadow, Baroness and, yeah and then Snake a whole eyes, bunch Duke, of Cobra Deep Six <laughs> Roadblock Zar- uh, what is it Zartan Zartan Zart- is it? no no not not the the twins Tomat oh yeah yeah, yeah. Tomat whatever <laughs> is it Tomat Tomaz and Zamat yeah is that Clearly, what it is I yeah didn't pay each other's names to those spelled toys backwards ah uh, GI Joe. There's a movie I'm actually looking forward to. G.I. Joe Re- Retaliation looks oh, fucking ridiculous. Really? Yeah, really? Okay. I the first movie was the first movie was cheesy, but and pretty awful actually, but the second one it looks like they've just went, yeah, screw it. So we're going to take the same amount of cheese and now we're adding in The Rock and Bruce Willis. Oh. Well, so that I, makes it mildly more acceptable. I'm just going to say when the original movie came out, I had it on my TV and I went into dishes because that was a better alternative <laughs> than watching the rest of the movie. That's what it looked like to me. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great, but entirely honestly, it is uh, it was it was better than Transformers. Um, that doesn't say a lot. It doesn't say a lot, but it says enough. Because Transformers which was Transformers. Uh, well, the first one. I mean, and the first one's the best one. Yes. That's like I've only seen one. And it was terrible. I mean, it was Transformers. Just, yeah, yeah. They get worse. They get progressively worse. That's why I have only seen the first one, dude. So here's an example of, of one of the things that I found out about Star uh, Transformers: Dark Dark of the Moon. First of all, it's called Dark of the Moon instead of Dark Side of the Moon, and that's the actual official title. But there is a scene in that movie that made it to the theater release that they are on the moon and they pan by what is supposed to be one of the Apollo moon landers mm-hmm. that still has the re-entry capsule on the stand. Now, the worst part about this is that fucking um, one of the Apollo astronauts was one of their consultants really? on the movie. Really? And there's, it's still got a re-entry capsule. It's like, okay, then that means if there's a re-entry capsule there, there's dead astronauts inside of it. Gosh. <laughs> But um, I haven't. I've gotten a little bit of time to wander around the show. I, uh, for those of you who listened recently, we just we reviewed Tale of Sand, and Ramon K. Perez was here with uh, basically all the entire book in original art for sale, and I could not pass it up. Christina and I ended up buying uh, two, well, a grand total of three pages technically, but two, uh, one splash and then two individual pages uh, because. So- it is so awesome. I want to interject with one thing that's beautiful. There goes Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker. Now, if they were behind their desks, people would be swarming them, but no one they realizes s- who they are. They step and out and beautiful. yeah, it is awesome. Like the the same is not true. There are a few people that that have been here, like Robert Kirkman. Like he can't walk around. He's got like he he seriously has to. Like I watched him. He was in the image booth and he was talking to some people, and people weren't bothering him. And 
I kid you not, the people that he was talking to formed like a defensive perimeter around him when he left the booth and tried to just go somewhere. Wow. Like just to get to his panel or something. So it's uh, there's a few, but the beauty is that like I think I think the same would be true of, of Bendis maybe. Bendis is at the enough like recognizable enough that people would know what he looks like Brian Keon's another one I think that would have some probably problems. Mark Millar well he'd have a problem with me just punching him in the nose but we've done that <laughs> yeah. uh, you were saying about Tillisan sorry I just wanted to interject with something no, that I was bought, going on I bought stuff that's what we I was saying stuff. Yeah. it was pretty we, they're, they're like inks with washes and they're gorgeous right I, t- I shat most of my uh, no I overshot my spending budget by about four times for the for the show. Um, so, but it's good. I, I like original art, and I'm a snob about it. So, I've managed to avoid getting the Oli Moss print. I'm very proud of myself. I showed restraint. I'm 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 impressed by the number of 3ds's I'm seeing here too. Like, I'm street passing the shit out of this place. I might hit ah, my uh, nice. hundred tags today. Nice, maybe. Um, but uh, I've gotten a chance to wander around, and as usual, the show's awesome. The, the thing that surprises me about this show is how many of the really big guys just get artist alley tables. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not necessarily, like, crammed in with, um, with one of the major publishers' booths or anything. They're just, you know, some of the biggest comics artists and, and uh, writers in the industry are just sitting at a, at a table along the wall with chilling. without a banner, just chilling, hanging out, you know. I and think I passed... Is it Brubaker that's over on the far yeah, wall he's over in the corner. He was, uh, he was wearing a hat. He's straight this way. Brubaker uh, is oh. yeah, straight at the end, about two down from Matt Fraction. Yeah. Um, and like Gail Simone's right over yonder. Yeah. I walked by... Uh, Brian Wood's right there. Yeah. Brian Wood's right there. Ryan Otley's right across the way. I... There have been uh, several artists that I've seen around that, that I'm, I really, really like. Christina, actually, um, uh, she stopped by Mark Silvestri's uh, booth because he did, a, he did one of the exclusive prints, right? Ooh. So it's like Space Needle with uh, Savage Dragon, Invincible... Shadowhawk. Uh, what? Shadowhawk? No. I don't think it has Shadowhawk on it, does it? It's Savage Dragon, Invincible, Witchblade, and... Shadowhawk. Okay, okay maybe it's Shadowhawk. On on the space needle doing like a King Kong thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, really cool, really cool print. Christina asked if they had the original, and whoever was manning the booth was like, "Yeah, he's got he's got the pencils." Um, I don't know how much they're going to cost. You can come back between X and X and, and determine how much it costs. So she came back, and his wife was there, and it's 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 a one page, so you figure it's like an eleven by seventeen drawing. And she's like, yeah, I was wondering how much you wanted for the pencils for this. And, and she goes, I'm not entirely sure, but I think he's going to price it at around somewhere between 3000 and 3500 And Christina just kind of went, okay, walked away. <laughs> it's like, I, I like I like me some Mark Silvestri, but, but not damn, that much. Not that Dang. much. No thanks. That's, uh, that's out of my price range. I remember looking at some uh, uh, John Cassidy stuff from both Planetary and Astonishing X-Men. And he had like a, uh, a like a splash page that was, or t- a 
I don't know if it was a cover, like a wraparound cover, I think it was, from Astonishing X-Men that's on the website for 10 grand. That's wow. nothing compared. Uh, Mark Dejurovic. I think Jorovac, Brigitjevac, Brigitjevac, Jack. So now, mind you, it was a very large piece, and it was not just the pencils; it was full color. It was actually it wasn't digital; it was done by hand. But his cover of Daredevil 500 was twenty-five thousand dollars. Good yeah. God! See, that's somebody who doesn't want to sell that piece of artwork. That that uh, that's look, really. If someone's willing to buy it, they're going to pay me a year's exactly a year's living wage. That's and or, and that's fair because like that that's a year's I mean, Christina and I, we paid quite a bit of money for the Otley piece that we bought because it was very clear he he didn't, didn't want to get rid of it. He hadn't put it up on uh, any of the sites where he normally sells original artwork, and so it was clear. I, I when I. When I got a hold of him and he was like, yeah, I, that, I didn't put that one up for sale. Uh, but Aww. if I was going to sell it, I, I would sell it for X amount. And I'm not going to say the amount. And uh, and I, it was clear that he just didn't, he had no interest in selling it. But then when we negotiated and I finally said, yeah, yeah, we'll pay that for it. He was like, well, well okay. God damn it, I keep knocking the headphones for this goddamn fucking dick. Mmm, yogurt. That's good for a podcast. It's going to be amazing. You're going to make <laughs> smacking noises into the mic and everything. You're going to scoop it out of there with the mic? Like, oh, nice. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's delicious. Oh, I... God. So, Anne, what have you been up to today? Um, I, I did some wandering um, and some, like, curious ogling of cosplayers and going, like, uh, how many body type inappropriate Jane Cobbs are there for every body type <laughs> appropriate Jane Cobb. <laughs> Likewise with the Tenth Doctor. I've seen like actually oh, yeah. there's like two body appropriate type Tenth Doctors running around. There's about I am neither of those. 180 non body appropriate. And a shitload of body type inappropriate Captain Mal Reynolds. Yeah. Like just all over the place. All over the place. But like yeah, if you're whatever. So there are characters in Firefly that you can dress as that were tubby. Like Book. <laughs> what? It's okay. The preacher. Yeah, he wasn't fat. I thought he had a little bit of heft to him. Okay. I'm talking more about what was what was the dude that um the dude that shaved his beard for saffron. Like I'd dress as that guy because oh, yeah. he's a big tubby fat guy in a brown coat uniform with a beard. Like I could do that. What, what was <laughs> the uh the bounty hunter guy who got thrown into the propeller? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won't negotiate it with us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a big dude. And I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway you were talking about cosplay. Um, and aside from wandering around and looking at people and going meh, and then occasionally hanging out at Micatron's booth, which is which is good fun. Um, yeah. People walk past and laugh at things that are pooping rainbows, and it's great. <laughs> um, aside from that, I went to a couple of panels. Uh, I went to one that was sort of an Archaea, 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 Archaea panel on. Um, Okay, one of them was pitching creator-owned comics, and that was not Archaea. And I guess it, the Archaea one was just, like, creating graphic novels in general. So I'm going to open my notes because notes. I don't have any brains. That's why I write it all down here. Um, the Arche Archaea panel was uh, David Peterson of Mouse Guard, Ramon K. Perez from Tale oh, of Sand. Oh, shit. I wish I'd gone to that now. Royden Lepp from Rust. And they were talking about sort like some kind of big conceptual stuff about like character building and world building, and uh, it's interesting. I guess coming from a fiction background, I, I didn't 
think about characterization in like the really concrete context that um, David Peterson did in Mouse Guard in terms of like yes he has character concepts but he uh, he flushes them out more he than draws just them in real specific ways like <laughs> the character he's a drawer he's a drawer the character who is calming and wise is blue and gray the character who is a firebrand is in red and has a nicked ear the character who is cautious uses a shield as a weapon and is in yellow. Like, that seems like such punch-you-in-the-face obvious symbolism, but at the same time, it totally works. Yeah, yeah. And I forget about that stuff, because if you try to do that in fiction, you sound like a dumbass. And it also doesn't come across... He must do it fairly well in, in Mouse Guard, because it never comes across that right. blatant... It, it, yeah. You yeah. know? I just heard blint, but I know what you mean. <laughs> blint. <laughs> it's not blint. It's clearly not blint. All right. It's it's incredibly anti-blint. I would even be yeah. so hard as to yeah. say. In both panels, there was a lot of um, a lot of talk about like, okay, so you're a writer and you're looking for an artist, which is always the hot topic mm-hmm. across the board. If, the first question I get when I'm like, I write comics, is, do you draw them? And I go, no. And then this conversation happens, and sort of the gist of the what people were blint. saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe uh, was like. Talk to people in person. Use your friends. Do you have friends that draw? Drawers. Drawers. You know, like... You can't just walk up to somebody at a con and be like, oh, I wrote a script. Would you draw it for me? And the point was, like, don't do that because that's dumb. Go introduce yourself to people at a con and be like, hey, what's up? My name's Ann Fien. I draw short graphic short stories that are like... See, they're body appropriate 10th Doctor. There's like two of them. See? Nice. Anyway, um, be like, I do, I rewrite fairy tales in crazy context, blah. That that Tenth Doctor actually looks like the Tenth Doctor, right? too. Like, facially looks a lot like like uh, that guy. That David who's Tennant. David Tennant, thank you. I had Dave in my head. and David I, Dennett. David Dennett, yeah. He is very blint. I, I was going to say, <laughs> today has been the day of me not being able to talk correctly <laughs> all day. I'm just going to be like, oh, how does <laughs> I like how that sentence was spoken very slowly and very deliberately. Until it <laughs> fell to shit. And that's our con experience in a nutshell. <laughs> Slow and deliberate until it falls to shit. Okay. Uh, we're actually recording a show right now. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Brandon. Joker. What is Z? Jokers. Oh, Gotham City Imposters, huh? Nice. Nice. How many imposters are here? Seven. Seven? Wow. That's impressive. I don't. Balloon boots and everything. Balloon boots. Well done. That's the detail. (laughs) <laughs> you too. Ah, <laughs> that's karma for fo- photobombing all those photos <laughs> from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's podcast bottom. No, that's karma for talking into microphones in front of people wandering by our booth. Right, we are in a and public waiting place. for somebody to be like, "Bigger, blend microphones, different talking stuff." Because that's what it, you know, and it's going to sound like this the whole time. It's going to be, hey guys, you know? <laughs> yep. Subcontext. Body appropriate poison ivy. For the Finally. Nice. 
Luke is not paying any attention to the podcast. No, I'm too busy paying attention to cosplayers and Gotham City imposters and Poison Ivy's ass. Anyway, what? So speaking (laughs) of Poison Ivy's ass, in... uh, in the creator-owned comics pitching panel, which does, does include what's his face from Green, oh my God, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> what did you? What I Boys said does ass itch. would constantly <laughs> itch. That would be miserable. <laughs> oh God. Oh, everything has been <sighs> derailed. I'm yep. ruining everything today. Yep, I got nothing. So, comic, you were saying? Oh, comic uh, creating comic panel something. So Ray Fox who oh, nice. was there, guy. and um, it was to me it was funny because he was like he was very serious and professional. Yeah. And the other five guys that were other four guys that were there were definitely not. <laughs> They're like, oh, way to be serious, Ray. God. But but he also he had some very good points, and he was talking about he was talking about log lines for like pitching your comic, and how much he dislikes them and thinks they're crap but um at the same time he's like they're very useful and here's here's the official official pattern to use it's like who is your main character what are they doing and what is keeping them from doing that thing like what do they want and what is their force of opposition okay and then he was talking about how that all fell to shit for one soul and he tried pitching <laughs> it like three different places with and you can't even make a log line out of that because i know and he said editor's eyes would just glaze over and uh he got it out. He was gonna. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm self-publishing this because obviously no one is going to pick this up." And he got it out because he had like a couple of pages of. It. He'd done like 65 pages of it by himself. Wow. Um, and he had a couple of pages in the back of a like book of samples that he was. He was talking about a different series with somebody at Oni Press, and they flipped to the back and they're like, "What's this?" He's like. I uh, I don't have a log line, but I have 65 pages here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they're like, oh, man, we totally need to print this. That's awesome. Was that the only panel? You, what was the other panel you went to? Uh, that was the other panel I went that to. Was there the was a how to make them and how to market them oh. with different people. But there you go. Um, on the pitching creator on comics was what's name that we're interviewing tomorrow morning? Um, Curtis Weeb? Yes. Yeah. Because you said he, there was some guys from the process on there, right? Yeah, and yeah. then he was that guy from. the Oh, process. he was the only guy from the process. Okay, that's a that's a podcast. That I've I've only listened to a couple episodes, but I really enjoy it because it is it's it's more it's it's kind of just a bunch of creators get together and talk about how they handle speci- they'll like pick a topic and be like, this is how we handle it. Is it like specific and craft issue type? Yeah, things? usually. That's cool. And most of the time. A lot of the time, it's like, well, I just kind of wing it, you know, because a lot of writers just kind of wing shit, and turns out <laughs> formal education not needed. Yeah, <coughs> it's no, sir. I didn't say it was you, no, you gotta, you gotta hurts. remember. I just simply said it's not <laughs> okay. needed. You not gotta, needed. But you gotta that's... remember the uh, the the classic uh, excuse line for that. You have to know the rules before you can break them. I do think you should know the rules before you break them, Absolutely but I don't true. think that you have to go to grad school to learn them. No. She says in grad school. <laughs> Huzzah! No, but grad school works for you, right? Yeah. 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 That was and in the how you did that. I'm a, yes. Yeah. I, Channeling today, layman. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm going to talk a lot like what, you know, what layman sounded like with his interview where he was just kind of like turning away from the mic the whole time and like every once in a while he'd turn over like this, but most of the time he was just kind of babbling into space. and So for posterity's sake, if 
none of that gets picked up. Luke was moving the face, <laughs> or is the, moving the mic around his face, your face like it's a cock slapping him over and over again. It was pretty Oh, epic. there we go. Also, I'd like to mention that my microphone is creepily hairy. <laughs> I've been need picking to know hairs that. out of it this whole time. I'll it's freaking me out. I'll never look at microphone the same. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either, and I don't want to. Uh, uh, I've actually really enjoyed having a booth uh, today. Yesterday, yesterday was fucking chaos here. Uh, today, today the booth was has been enjoyable, especially with the interviews that we've been able to put together, which everybody will hear after this. Uh, I'll post this one, and then um, we'll we'll be putting up interviews over the over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll kind of we'll kind of put them out as I, I manage to get them edited and you know get bumpers put onto them. Um, That's what we forgot to do. What bumpers? Have them do bumpers for yeah. us? Yeah. Oh. oh well, we're not that kind of podcast, really. I don't know. I just it it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like trade secrets would would go well with like hi I'm Matt Fraction and you're listening to trade secrets hail Satan. I see I'm agreeing with Ann on this one. Well, go recruit him then. You can walk around with a portable with a mic plugged in and say, hey, can you give us a bumper? So just you know keep just kind of do like every once in a while and talk. Uh, the mic is uh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I think the only appropriate way to end this is the worst cosplay you have seen. Oh, God. Dibs on <laughs> the girl we saw earlier today. <laughs> the what? The One corset th- fail? Oh, the corset fail. So, oh. for the edification oh. of the masses, oh. let me tell you oh. what corsets are for. <laughs> They compress the ribs. You put the breasts up. And they go all, like, weirdly, I can stick coins in them on top, right? Like in Renfair. <laughs> and it's kind of like a shelf. It's like a boob mm-hmm. shelf. A mm-hmm. corset is a boob shelf, unless it's the underboob shelf type. But this one was the boob shelf type. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. instead of doing the option of, <laughs> like, excessive cleavage, I'm about to fall out. We went the other way, <laughs> which was let's wrap this piece of cloth directly around my midsection so that there are strange <laughs> spaces that should be for breasts that are actually puffing out a bit that are like up on your collarbone, <laughs> and your actual breasts are in the middle of it. That's phenomenal. That's quad boob. It looked That's like quad boob. Quadra boob. I was like, <laughs> and the thing Trademarks. is, she 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 had, she had the body type to wear this corset. It would have looked fine had she worn it properly. Uh huh. And it was it was disturbing to yes, some degree. I yeah. I'm trying to think of the worst cosplay I've seen. What what's your what's your? Uh, oh man, I, I I'm trying to not envision this again because. But I didn't I didn't see this girl for a very long, or b like at any close range. Thank God. But I'm sure she was a, a very normal looking girl. But <laughs> it was also a corset type misfire. Where if you're gonna use that sort of thing, I'm, I'm waiting for the small child to actually walk by. So I <laughs> <laughs> All right, We're small child broads. is out of uh, earshot. Um, if a nipple's hanging out, that's no good. <laughs> oh, that's the opposite. Okay, we need a and median between no, these no, two. Just, just wait, just wait for it. So I see this, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no way. Yes, I'm not going over there. I'm not getting any closer to this, and I'm not telling her because she has to know. There is no way that this is on. Maybe she doesn't. And then I just turned to right and kept walking. I'm like, well, she'll figure it out sooner or later. <laughs> yep. 
God, I've seen so much. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Jabba the Dark Phoenix, and I don't even have a problem with like big-bodied women doing small-bodied characters as long as they like have appropriate curves. I don't know. Even if it's not appropriate curves, at least at least wear your costume correctly. That's why the corset fail is like. I I don't really just. I've seen some excellent models for her today. Yeah, right. Um, there was a guy, not cosplay, but I thought I thought extremely inappropriate wearing a shirt. So, this is just my my personal opinion. When you're at a shirt, and you know that one of the problems with people at at cons is the um, the lack of hygiene, sure, as it were. Um, don't wear a shirt that says "same shirt, different day." Yeah, and. I honestly, I, don't, I honestly can't pick out in my brain the worst cosplay I had because I think, I think to be entirely honest, like corset fail was the worst I've I, seen I today. Think so. <laughs> um, however, I did, I did see one guy um, in nothing but gold booty shorts. Well, oh he, yeah, he, he was, no, uh, he was Rocky out of Rocky Horror Picture I, Show. I get that. For what it is, it's very well done. Uh, you just might not want to see Rocky. Rocky was supposed to be the ideal man. Okay, so he wasn't that Did you buff. See the, but the, oh, the Columbia who was with it. him was really good. Got it. Skinny dude. <laughs> Spider-Man 2099? Fe- oh, no, that was, that was pretty bad, but that was just funny. Skinny dude dressed up as a female Robin, like a gender-swapped Robin in fishnet stockings huh. and uh, like a banana hammock. Um, and it was, it was, um, that's, that's by far the worst one I've seen today. Like nerdy, skinny, nerdy dude in a banana hammock and fishnet stockings is not okay. Not. I saw some skinny, nerdy dude who actually managed to, to do something to make a very good gender swap poison ivy, believe it or not. Huh. So it's possible, but But, apparently not that way. That's a, that's a, that's an appropriate gender swap, right? Seeing a girl dressed as Robin would be a gender swap. This was a dude. Dressed as a female Robin. Oh, interesting. With a beard. This is the, that's not a gender. That's like a gender swap swap. That's like double swap. Yeah, that's like Amazing. a. I don't even. This is too confusing for me. Way yep. too complex. Oh, there's there's. Uh, oh, what's 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 the chick? For, what's the the chick from uh, Pokemon? Misty. Is it Misty? Because all I can think of now is. With the red hair and the yellow shirt. Yeah, like yeah, this. yeah. Yeah, there's a guy that comes to all the Seattle cons dressed as, her. Um. And that he just walked by. So, oh. anywho, um, I'm we've been sad. we've been rambling on about uh, absolutely nothing for half an hour. So Huzzah. I think we'll uh, I think we'll wrap this up. Um, this will uh, we we may or may not record something tomorrow, uh, depending on uh, if Joel shows up. Uh, if Anne, if you go to any more uh, uh, panels or anything, maybe we can uh, talk I, about them tomorrow. Yeah, I... And then. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon, we are going to be doing um, we're going to be doing level up. Yay! Uh, if, if we actually all got a hold of it. If you didn't, did I have did? So, um, so yeah, uh, this is this is Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, stay stay tuned the next couple of weeks for all of our interviews. Uh, I will have those posted as as I finish editing them, and uh, hopefully there may or may not be another segment after this. So I'm just. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm just going to cut this off. That's everything that happened. <laughs>